at One Day University. We feature hundreds of top-rated professors from Stanford, Harvard, Michigan, Texas, UCLA, and other schools across the world to explore history, music, politics, art, science, and much more. Every Wednesday, our weekly scholar newsletter includes five fascinating short video clips of our most notable professors discussing a brand new topic, plus special reports and topical debates as well. Sign up for free at OneDayU.com. That's O-N-E-D-A-Y-U.com. Curiosity Stream. This bear's walking right at me. We'll see if he wants trouble or not. Follow filmmaker Casey Anderson as he gets an unprecedented face-to-face look at Alaska's fiercest carnivores on the Tracker's Diary, Bears of Katmai. Plus, why is a tiny island in the Pacific one of America's most crucial outposts? Discover the truth behind this mysterious trans-Pacific stopover on Extremities Wake Island. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. At One Day University, we feature hundreds of top-rated professors from Stanford, Harvard, Michigan, Texas, UCLA, and other schools across the world to explore history, music, politics, art, science, and much more. Every Wednesday, our weekly scholar newsletter includes five fascinating short video clips of our most notable professors discussing a brand new topic, plus special reports and topical debates as well. Sign up for free at OneDayU.com. That's O-N-E-D-A-Y-U.com. Hello, welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. This is your host, Pamela Clark, and you're listening to Education in the News. Well, lots going on in the world of education, so let's get right on into it, and I'll start sharing news stories with you. The first stories that I have from you, or for you, <coughs> excuse me, is a smart brief on special education reported that a school sheepadoodle supports student mental health. The full stories were picked up by the Walk, Walk, I'm sorry, Waco Tribune Herald in Texas. University High School in Texas this summer introduced its first emotional support animal, Bear, a one-year-old sheepadoodle. The, the Waco Independent School District is planning to add another support dog to its Greater Waco Advanced Healthcare Academy to support mental health. And the 74 reports are asked the question, do twice exceptional students miss out on gifted ed? Students with disabilities who are gifted may not receive the services or supports they need when their skills go unrecognized or when schools aren't appropriately equipped to accommodate them. Experts say federal funding and teacher training is lacking for gifted education, which also has been under scrutiny over bias and discrimination against students from unrepresented groups. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, I know that that's been going on for as long as schools have been in business, so it's kind of interesting how they bring some of these things to the forefront at specific times. Like they have a big news story or something. Um, kind of interesting. Excuse me, having some allergy issues today. So bear with me. <clears throat> okay, um, Education Week reports that many teachers are feeling busier than ever and may want to consider de-implementation or stopping activities and practicing that practices that are low value asserts Peter DeWitt, a former K-5 public school principal turned author, presenter, and leadership coach. In this blog post, DeWitt shares examples of how teachers can reduce or replace certain practices that are ineffective. The FAST Company, which I have not heard of before, it's um, 
Or maybe I have. I guess it does kind of look familiar now that I take a closer look at it. Um, it's fastcompany.com, and they published an article on August the 7th um, that's titled, An ADHD Diagnosis Can Be Expensive and Inaccurate. This company test addresses both problems. As companies like Cere Cere Cerebral, my goodness, excuse me tonight, and Doan come under fire for their ADHD prescribing practices, a Swedish company, Telehealth-Friendly Diagnostic Test could offer a more objective and accurate alternative. <clears throat> Despite being a strong student in high school, Sydney Dodini struggled during her freshman year at Brigham Young University. She kept showing up late to lectures and found it difficult to focus during class. When she flew home in the spring, she asked her father, Aaron Dodini, a psychologist who specializes in ADHD testing, to give her a QB test, an FDA-cleared ADHD diagnostic screening tool that can be done online. ADHD, or Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, is one of the more common neurobehavioral disorders, usually first diagnosed in childhood, and which can continue in adulthood. Symptoms fall into three categories, inattention, manifesting in difficult, difficulty sustaining focus and staying on task, and staying organized. Hyperactivity including excessive fidgeting, extreme restlessness, even talking too much, and impulsivity, including difficulty with self-control, delay, delaying gratification, and considering long-term consequences. But Sidney Dodini didn't display the classic symptoms. I thought I was being dramatic, she says, noting that she probably could, wouldn't have asked for the test if her father hadn't it had an easy access to it. <clears throat> Aaron Dodini also didn't think his daughter had ADHD, but still gave her the QB test. Um, they have a link, actually, to this test. And you can follow it. It talks about the test and all of that. Hold on, let me see how much it is. In general, just so you know. Um, hmm. I guess you have to call for pricing. So I can't give you a cost of what this is. <clears throat> but anyways, during the roughly 15-minute computer-based test, the patient has recorded that they are showing only only one of the four shapes every two seconds on a computer. The moment the shape appears twice in a row, they have to hit the space bar. The program combines an assessment of attention ability with a movement analysis based on infrared measurement system. Results are compiled into an overall score, which is compared with the data from a control group consisting of people of the same age and sex who don't have ADHD. Patients also can see how their head movements compare to that of the control group and how they scored on the three axes of ADHD, inattentiveness, hyperactivity, and impulsivity. Kind of reminds me of the reading and mass success lab. This is kind of how they do things, which uh, if you go through our site, you can learn more about that. It's really an affordable, about $25, I think. And you can have it done right in the comforts of your own home. And um, the results are sent in to um, a doctor that they have on staff there. And, uh, yeah, you can go to our learning annex, school.newheightseducation.org, and then uh, you'll be able to find it on there. <laughs> Anyways, back to Dodini. Um, according to her results, Dodini was diagnosed with ADHD, now 21, She's treating her disorder with stimulant medication. It doesn't erase ADHD, but it makes it my life more livable. It gives me the tools to succeed and excel, she says. Entering her senior year of college in the fall, 
Dodini is passionate about making ADHD testing more accessible to others because the diagnosis and treatment have changed her life. Her father, meanwhile, has a new perspective on ADHD. I'd be living with her my entire life and I didn't see it, he says. I needed the objective data. Over the past years, interest in ADHD has been trending literally on TikTok. Videos with ADHD have racked up 12.6 billion views. TikTok has one, about 1 billion monthly active users since the beginning of the pandemic. Google searches for ADHD have nearly doubled, with many attempting to self-diagnose. <clears throat> A difficult diagnosis. Diagnosing ADHD by physicians has been dogged by controversy ever since the condition was added to the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual for Mental Disorders, DSM, in 1980. No one has hit upon a foolproof way to identify it, which means that ADHD is paradoxically both under and over-diagnosed. Traditionally diagnosed through psychologists who take a patient's clinical and personal history over the course of several hours to make the assessment. Or VIA, neuropsychological evaluation that tests for other learning disorders that includes IQ tests and visual spatial skills. The first approach can cost several hundred dollars. The second promises more accuracy but can cost up to $9,000. Both me methods are effective to varying degrees, but getting evaluated and tested for ADHD can be expensive and time-consuming. <clears throat> girls and children of color are much less likely to go through the process and receive diagnosis than boys. Today, globally, boys are three times more likely to be diagnosed with ADHD than girls. In the 1990s, they were there were nine times more likely, and black children are 70% less likely to receive an ADHD diagnosis than whites. The New York Times recently published a story on how women and people of color are starting to explore ADHD diagnosis because of the social media explosion. At the same time, diagnosis of ADHD has increased steadily since the 1990s, According to a study of children and adolescents in the U.S., ADHD diagnosis rates increased from 6% in 1997 to 10% in 2016, and a 2020 review of 334 studies found that ADHD trends to be overdiagnosed in children and adolescents, particularly for those with mild ADHD. Anyways, this is a pretty lengthy article even still. But you may want to check it out. But don't spend that kind of money on these tests. I mean, you could. You, there's many other options. Of course, like I said, reading Mass Success Labs really covers all subjects. Is one of them that's on our site. And then uh, there's also Teach Type, Teach Type, Read and Spell, which is also on our site on that same page. And it's pretty inexpensive as well. And it can really help you. If, if you're into that type of thing of getting tested in the result, some people aren't, aren't interested in that. I, I'm really not a big on testing, testing, testing people. Um, we learn a lot just by working with people and figuring out what their needs are. So anyways, um, on to the next story. Um, this one's from CNN and, and they reported the CDC prepares updated COVID-19 guidelines for schools. The CDC is preparing to release updated COVID-19 prevention guidance for schools and communities according to sources with the knowledge of the plan. The guidance is expected to relax quarantine recommendations for people who have been exposed to the virus and de-emphasize social distancing and regular COVID-19 testing in schools. <clears throat> Health Day News reports that a study on racial disparities found an initial CF diagnosis. A study based in the Journal of Cystic Fibrosis found that infants with cystic fibrosis described as Black African American 
American Indian and Native Alaskan, Asian and or from other racial groups and or, his, and or of Hispanic ethnicity, I'm sorry, ethnicity had an older age at first event. Compared with white non-Hispanic infants, quote, because pre-symptomatic treatment of cystic fibrosis is the overarching goal of newborn screenings, we advocate for quality improvement activities that lead to timely diagnosis of all infants. We absolutely must achieve equity in diagnostic evaluation and initiation of care for cystic fibrosis, says the researcher. <clears throat> These stories are from um, ASCD K-12 leadership. Education, we covered the story and it's titled Ideas for School Leaders on Pursuing Collaboration. The need of school leaders to pursue collabor collaboration and unity presents unique challenges amid, amid out, I'm sorry, ongoing confrontation and tension, writes Sean Slade co-head of education for P, I'm sorry, BTS, Spark North America. Three other experts weigh in with their perspective, noting that compassion, curiosity, and cooperation are essential components. KALB-TV in Alexandria, uh, Louisiana reports that mobile libraries part of literacy outreach in Louisiana. A new literacy program, Rapids, or Rapids um, Parish, LA, will provide mobile libraries for students without access to public libraries. The Reading Revival program is focused on improving literacy rates by requiring and supporting literacy activities outside of school. <clears throat> Chalkbeat in Chicago reports that Illinois temporarily reduces sales tax on school supplies. Parents and others shopping in Illinois can spend less money when buying school supplies during a nine-day tax holiday when the state or sales tax rate is being dropped from 6.25% to 1.25% for such purchases. The move is part of the most recent budget from the government. J. B. Pritzker. <clears throat> this is was reported on in California from the Fresno Bee. It says California high school bans student cell phone use. Bullard High School in Fresno, California, is implementing a cell phone-free environment this school year with the use of magnetically locking phone pouches produced by Yonder. However, some parents and teachers raise concerns over the safety of the policy in the light of the recent school shootings in Uvalde, Texas. In University Business reports that Gen Z begins college hunt early with high expectations. Some high school students are starting the hunt for college even before 10th grade with virtual tours. A survey by Modern Campus finds that while more than 85% of students surveyed say they plan to attend college, more than half aren't sure it will be worth it, the study finds. K-12 Dive reports that a survey uh, looked at parents that seek improved school communication. There is Quote, room for improvement in schools, customer service, according to more than 60% of K-12 public school parents and guardians in a report from K-12 Insight. But most parents say that they are satisfied or very satisfied with school communication. Some reports report that communication sometimes is not courteous or timely. You know what the problem with that is? The problem is, is that the schools have forgotten that they work for the people. 
they are their employees. Parents are the employees, the students, they work for the students. It's not the other way around. And it just irritates me to no end when I read something like that or deal with something like that because really it, it is a forgotten concept and it's not a very welcome one, but um, it should be. They should be treated with respect and not everything blamed on parents or their families or whatever. I mean, sometimes, yeah, sometimes there's parents that don't do the things they should do, but sometimes there's teachers that don't do what they should do. Then there's fantastic teachers also. There's good and bad in everything. Sometimes there's bad administrators of schools and people that are just there to get the paycheck and and not much else. So I, I have very little room for sympathy when it comes to those kind of remarks because they are forgetting completely, especially when a parent says it wasn't timely or even nice. Not even courteous, at least, even that. So you can't tell me that they don't feel superior to the parents. Big, big mistake. And I think the schools are starting to understand that with these massive walkouts of the public school. And not just for that reason, but for a whole gamut of reasons. Uh, next story is from the Washington Post. It says school districts face teacher shortages as the school year approaches. School districts nationwide report continuing teacher shortages, which have affected daily operations. <coughs> Officials tied the workforce challenges to issues like pay and burnout from the pandemic. With Randy Weingarten, president of the American Federation of Teachers, saying the shortage was caused by the political situation in the United States combined with legitimate after-effects of the coronavirus pandemic. Chalkbeat in Newark, New Jersey reports that it, it's expanding youth jobs program to Metaverse. So in Newark, New Jersey, about 3,000 youth are, youth are working on career and technical education-related jobs for the city's summer youth employment program. This year, the program introduced a virtual reality track where students learn to code and build virtual and metaverse software. <clears throat> this one I haven't heard of before. This is the drum, like, you know, like you beat on a drum, D-R-U-M, dot com. And it says that student athletes get help from Twitter and open doors. Student athletes who have been able to market their name, image, and likeness since last year will be addition will get additional help uh, from Twitter and open doors to make money from their game highlights. Twitter Amplify will provide brand advertising on the highlights, giving the athletes a new source of compensation. Check the time here. Let's take a quick commercial break. I'll be right back. Right now, right you now. might be you struggling might be through struggling your classes or, your classes or even or failing them. Failing you might be worried might that you may not finish high school. There might have even been a thought that you may not be smart enough. Well, the New Heights Educational Group begs to differ. We not only think you are smart enough, but with our help, you will complete your high school diploma. The New Heights Educational Group strives to improve your academic success through its tutoring services. To learn more, please visit newheightseducation.org and contact us. New Heights Educational Group, educational resources to help reach your goals. Welcome back to the New Heights Show on Education. You're listening to Education in the News, and this is Pamela Clark, your host. I have some more news stories for you. This is from the uh, Department of Education in Ohio, state and local education news. Youngstown Vindicator reports that safety equipment first on list of supplies for this school's year. Um, 23 schools in Mahoning Valley were awarded $2.7 million by the state to use toward safety measures ahead of the upcoming school year. Funds will be used to cover expenses associated with physical security enhancements such as cameras, 
public address systems, automatic door locks, visitor badging systems, and exterior lighting. A first round of funding went out in May, and all the schools including included in this second round were not included in the first. And uh, in related coverage, the Canton Repository reports that 1,183 Ohio schools got safety grant funding. See if Stark County is on the list, it says. So they have this list. You can go to... www.cantonrep.com to see the full list of who got funding. Talita Blade um, covered this story. It says, Mommy set to hold community safety forum. Mommy High School is to host a community safety forum at 7 p.m. Thursday in the Performing Arts Center. Those scheduled to attend include Mommy Police Chief Josh Spro, or Sproul, excuse me, and Chief Brandon Labachewski. Um, I probably butchered that. I apologize. Of the Mommy Fire Division and EMS Bureau, School Resource Officers Mayor Richard Carr and Interim Superintendent of Schools Stephen Lee, and others involved with the city and school district safety plans. The event is being presented by the by the city of Maumee and Maumee City Schools and the parent-teacher organizations of the Maumee Elementary Schools. Lima, your hometown station, reports that Ohio School Board Association gives legislative update to school boards in Northwest Ohio. Members of the local school boards got an update on what is going on down at the State House. The Northwest Region of Ohio School Board Association held an informal meeting at TriStar Career Compact to talk about some changes that school districts will see this fall from the passage of the Education Anubis, or Anubis Bill that was passed in June. The bill continues the flexibility for schools to employ substitute teachers according to their own education requirements and it pushes back the mandatory dyslexia test for elementary students by one year. Yeah, because that's something we should really put off. Oh, for Pete's sake. Plus, there are funding available to school districts from the latest capital budget. With this being a state election year, the Ohio School Board Association urges members to get to know the state Senate and representative candidates on the ballot. For Lord's sake. How many of you feel that all these changes for the schools only benefits the school and not the children? I kind of, I, I feel that way. Columbus Dispatch reports that, or asks the question, how much does breakfast and lunch cost in your greater Columbus School District? For the first time in more than two years, students will once again be paying for school meals as they return to the classroom in this month. Congress previously allowed the U.S. Department of Agriculture to implement child nutritious waivers in March 2020, which allowed schools to be reimbursed at higher rates for serving free food to all students regardless of family income. The program expired June 30th. Free or reduced price meals will only be available to families who qualify based on financial needs. You can view the whole full story of, about this for a roundup of how much the school meals are going to cost by visiting the Columbus Dispatch. Youngstown Vindicator reports that Canfield students sample career paths at Boys State. For a few Canfield High School students, government will take on a new meaning as they start their senior year. Students like Mason DeBrose, Aiden Fay, Krenzo Sheets, and Michael Weaver attended Buckeye Boys State as American Legion Post 177's 2022 delegates. The boys joined hundreds of other high school students at Miami University of Ohio earlier this summer. 
The dorms where the boys stayed were divided into specific numbers of rooms and halls to make up townships and cities. The buildings represented the county and the entire campus represented the state. Finley Courier also covered the story, titled it Buckeye Boys State. The Canton Repository says that educators, business groups, launch program to show Stark County opportunities. The Stark Education Partnership is teaming with economic development and business groups on a path to help prepare students for a future in Stark County. A revised, a revised strategic plan has the partnership working to build generations of successful individuals who will fulfill their potential and, gar, and grow rat roots <laughs> In Stark County. I'm what's wrong with me today. Allergy issues and just, I don't know. John Richard, Stark Education Partnership President, said that they can be done by developing programs to guide students along the meaning, meaningful career path. It would involve matching a student's abilities with their interests and helping them start careers. The Toledo Blade reports that Perrysburg ASL Class saved through Owens Community College Partnership. Perrysburg School District officials have reversed course on their decisions to cancel a fourth-level American Sign Language class that would have forced seniors to miss out on earning their biliteracy skills and honor diplomas. In an email sent Wednesday to families, Perrysburg High School Principal Aaron Cookson said the class will be offered virtually using Zoom software through a partnership with Owens Community College. A sign language instructor will interact with the class on a large screen three days a week with the remaining time given to students to work on group projects and individual assignments, all while under the supervision of a classroom aide. And Dayton Fox 45 reports the Springville Field City School District invites public to upcoming substitute fair. Actually, I'm not going to share that um, other than if, I mean, if you're looking for work, you can look up Springfield City School District. I'm not sharing it because by the time this airs, the fair will be over. So, um, but you can still look it up and see if there's any more job openings after the fact. If, if there's such a shortage, I'm sure there probably will be. Toledo Blade um, reports that Washington Local adding finishing touches on two new elementary schools. As heavy rainfall fall Friday afternoon created small ponds outside of Washington Local Schools soon to open Shoreland Elementary School, inside construction crews were hard at work putting on the building's finishing touches. In about a week, roughly 700 children will begin pouring into the halls. The experience will be new not only for kindergartners but returning Shoreland students who previously were in the structure on East Harbor Avenue. Once inside, they were treated to a more spacious classroom. At One Day University, we feature hundreds of top-rated professors from Stanford, Harvard, Michigan, Texas, UCLA, and other schools across the world to explore history, music, politics, art, science, and much more. Every Wednesday, our weekly scholar newsletter includes five fascinating short video clips of our most notable professors discussing a brand new topic, plus special reports and topical debates as well. Sign up for free at OneDayU.com. That's O-N-E-D-A-Y-U.com. Searching for just the right job? Whether you're looking for full-time, part-time, or seasonal work, you can get started today. Amazon Jobs offer the whole package with great pay and flexible shifts that allow you to choose when and how much you work. Find a warehouse close to home and discover the role that works for you. To get your application started for an hourly job, go to Amazon.com apply. That's Amazon.com apply. Amazon is proud to be an equal opportunity employer chairs, desks, and swivel rock and roll where they, they're needed. This story is from, from um, K-12 Dive. It says that experts say that kids should 
play to learn and learn to play. Playtime is essential for early learning, says childhood experts who touted the benefits of unstructured playtime for children during a webinar held by the Hunt Institute and Trust for Learning. The play, they said, should not be led by teachers, but instead teachers should, quote, be guides on the sides. Ed Surge reports that course hero OER Dill Sparks criticism. Some educators have criticized course hero's decision to host some open educational resource course materials from Lumen Learning. At issue, some say, is a lack of clarity around the deal and controversy over Course Hero, which is blocked by some universities and has been criticized for possibly encouraging students to cheat. Education Week and K-12 Dive reported on this story. They asked the question, how can monkeypox affect schools? Monkeypox was declared a public health emergency by the World Health Organization, and as the number of cases rises in the U.S., it is possible that the CDC could release guidance for schools, officials said. For now, Wafa El Sadr, professor of etymology and medicine at Columbia University, says school leaders should be informed about monkeypox, but not alarmed. The Seattle Times reports that Washington is to award course credits for student jobs. High school students in Washington will be eligible for course credits for their after-school jobs under a proposal introduced Thursday by state officials. The plan is for students older than 16 to earn one credit for every 360 hours of work up to four elective credits which would count toward the required seven elective credit students need to graduate. New York One in New York City reports that a judge strikes down budget for New York City schools. New York State Judge Lyle Frank vacated New York City's education budget because its Department of Education neglected to follow the correct procedure for adopting it. The city will follow the previous year's budget in the meantime, but the city council can vote on a new budget. Just a moment, I bring up the next one. Next story. This is from Philanthropy News Digest. Got some announcements. Uh, UVA receives 5.75 million gift for rare blood cancer research. The gift from an anonymous donor will fund research for often underfunded rare blood cancers to speed the development of new treatments and provide patients with access to cutting-edge clinical trials. Naracho's foundation commits $750 million to hospitals in Greece. Grants awarded through the Athens-based Foundation Health Initiative will fund hospitals in Komotini, Thessaloniki, and Sparta, and along others. University of um, Hafe, or I'm not sure how to say it, uh, H-A-I-F-A, um, yeah, I'm not sure how to say it, so I'm not going to butcher it. Receives $121.5 million for scholarship funds. The gifts from giving pledger Ellie Horn and his sister Joyce Hearn, Horn excuse me, include $120 million over 20 years of support of scholarships for students who are interested in pursuing in-depth studies in Jewish religion, heritage, and history, and $1.5 million for women who face difficulties financing their studies.
bear with me for a moment. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back. Hello, listeners. If you're enjoying the New Heights Show on education and want to support or donate to our organization, please visit www.newheightseducation.org. And while you're there, check out our online store. Welcome back to Education in the News. You're listening to the New Hyde Show on Education. This is Pamela Clark, your host. Let's get right back into it. Um, the next stories I have for you is from the Ohio Department of Education, State and Local Education News. Dayton, 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 I'm sorry, Dayton Daily News uh, shared that millions are coming to area to help with security. Several school districts in the area, including Centerville, Kettering, Oakwood, and Miamisburg, are getting grants for up to $50,000 per building to set up security and safety. Boy, I sure do hope they hire a veteran of the United States. I mean, come on. Ohio Governor Mike DeWine announced Tuesday that there, that more than 1,000 K-12 schools across Ohio received state assistance to pay for security upgrades that enhance the safety of students and staff. Individual schools receive up to 50000 in fun- funding support, according to DeWine. This is part of the Ohio K-12 School Safety Grant Program. And then on related coverage, it says that Governor DeWine announces safety and security support for over 1,000 Ohio schools. But that was reported by CrawfordCountyNow.com. And Fostoria Review Times reports Ohio awards $47 million for school safety security upgrades, $53 million to come. And Hamilton Journal News reported that Lakota Fairfield schools get biggest portion of state funds to boost security. I'm not sure why. I don't know if they have... Um, if their school's larger or, or why they would get that. But anyways, um, Cleveland Fox 19 reports that Lorain County Sheriff to open school supply store for 2022 school year. The Lorain County Sheriff's Office is looking to help teachers in the county with the opening of their school supply store. Any teacher in need of supplies will be able to visit the store, stocking up on different classroom gear to help lighten the burden Teachers normally have to pay to keep their rooms full. The store will be opening on Saturday, August 13th from 9 to 12 on a monthly basis every second Saturday during the school year. The store will end in May of 2023. The supplies at the store are geared towards K-6. However, items for all grades are also available. The only requirement for teachers is to bring school ID to show your job in the school system in the Ring County. Marietta Times reports that building bridges to careers host talk with Lieutenant Governor Houston. Lieutenant Governor John Houston met with local high school and college students and business leaders on Thursdays, Thursday about the importance of internships and careers. Eustace spoke about gaining experience, building relationships, problem-solving, and education during the discussion. Eustace explained the importance of engaging with students and their career development. He told students that, they were, that there would be plenty of job opportunities available to them due to America's shrinking working age population. He said in the coming years there will be a smaller number of people between the ages of 25 and 60 than there are right now. Houston said his problem is more severe in southeast Ohio. Or that this problem is more severe. Cleveland.com reported that Octavia Reed is new principal of Beechwood Hilltops Elementary School. Cincinnati Enquirer reports that a design lab Grade school students learn to be architects and push past their own limits. 
imagine a school that only teaches about teaches kids about dinosaurs or interstellar interstellar academy for aliens to learn about the earth or a gym where teens can work out alongside Bengals players study the discipline it takes to reach the NFL that's the kind of playful thinking behind the learning spaces the Cincinnati students pitched this year in design lab learn and build a grade school program helmed by the architectural foundation of Cincinnati for an entire semester Kids learn to design, fund, construct, and run building projects. Middle Web on Smart Brief. Uh, this was covered by the Cincinnati Inquirer. And it says that program designed to inspire future architects. Um... It sounds like what I was just reading, but it does have some different information. So students learning from architectural related skills include design construction through the Design Lab, L-A-B, all capital letters, from the Architectural Foundation of Cincinnati. Volunteer Chase Eggers, who works with the construction company Skenska USA, says that sixth grade is a great age for the lessons because of the students imagination and motor skills and note some of his former students have gone on to work in the industry as adults um, Wisconsin watch reported that Wisconsin children advocate and promote universal school meals in Wisconsin, one in five children experience food insecurity, and as federal school meal waivers are set to expire, some advocates are encouraging a continuation of free meal programs because food like textbooks should be available to all K-12 students for free. Wisconsin children are more likely to live in food insecurity households than na kids nationwide, says Judy Bartfield coordinator of the Wisconsin Food Security Project at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. School meals are obviously just one piece of the puzzle, but they are clearly an area in which more can be done. I didn't know that about Wisconsin, did you? Delaware Public Media reports that Delaware Governor signs trio of mental health bills. Delaware Governor John Carney signed three bills into law this week for treatment of mental illness this week. The measures will establish a mental health service unit in middle schools statewide, as well as implement statewide education programs pertaining to mental health for all schools and requires annual wellness checks to be covered by insurance. It's a little scary. Letting uh, schools into um, your students' minds a little bit more. Not sure I'm a fan of that idea. What do you think? Do you think that's a good idea? Smart brief on ed tech. Um, continuing here. Meridian Magazine reported that a debate over technology and education is centuries old. An Idaho math professor, Darius Howard, uh, stunned students when explaining the historical debate over whether to allow students to use calculators in classes when they were new when they were new technology. Next, he shared an anecdote about a man at a seminar who read a teacher's quote offering a strong reason for not using newfangled technology, which many participants agreed with until the man revealed that the ancient quote was about the perils of using a pencil. <laughs> I bet that was neat to be part of. Bear with me when I look through these. This is from Fast Company, and it says, Online Upskilling... Um, continuing at our 
reshaping higher ed. Learning new skills online has soared so much since the onset of the pandemic that it's redefining the profile of a higher education student, says Marnie Baker-Stein, provost for Western Governors University. Classes with shorter completion times can make a big difference as workers stack credentials to move up the ladder, according to research from Google and Ipsos. Or Ipsos. KQDS-TV in Duluth, Minnesota, reports that camp fosters independence and creativity. Students with autism in Duluth, Minnesota, will participate in activities designed to foster creativity and technological skills during the Sandbox Summer Camp hosted by Islands of Brilliance. The camp's intent is to boost students' self-confidence and teach them valuable skills to increase their independence. Education Week reports that some states ease degree requirement for teachers. I reported on on this uh, for, I believe it was Arizona recently, but this is more information again. I told you probably more people, more states will all be doing this. So um, it says some states are addressing teacher shortages, shortages by easing candidate requirements, including Arizona and Florida where some individuals can begin teaching in limited circumstances without a bachelor's degree. The move has been criticized by some, included, including by American Federation of Teachers President Randy Weingarten, for devaluing the teaching profession as well as the training and skills of teachers. Let's check our time here. Okay, we got some time still to um, continue. Got plenty of more news stories to share with you. Get to the next one. Sorry, bear with me. Um, hmm. Just a moment, I have some repeats. in Hartford, Connecticut says that low-pay training issues affect Connecticut paraeducators. Inconsistencies, inconsistencies in qualification requirements for paraeducators combined with long hours and low pay have led to staffing issues in Connecticut schools, says paraeducator Jennifer Corbell. Last year, the paraeducators in Connecticut were paid roughly half the salary of an elementary school teacher, the report from the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics shows. And CNBC reported that U.S. adds 528,000 jobs in July. The U.S. unemployment rate declined slightly to 3.5% on better-than-expected hiring in July, with non-farm payrolls increasing 528,000 in a sign of strength for the nation's job market. According to Labor Department data, wages continued to grow with hourly earnings of 0.5% from June to 5.2% compared to a year earlier. Sorry, just a moment. <sighs> Answering machines. I don't know if you could hear that or not. <laughs> okay, th- this is from Education Week. It says that uh, survey... School taps remedial instruction over tutoring. 
Remedial instruction is the most popular learning recovery strategy adopted by teachers according to the National Center for Education Statistics School Pulse Panel, topping high dosage tutoring. While 72% of schools say they use remedial instruction, 39% report using accelerated instruction. I'm sorry, whatever they're doing, it's not good enough. It's just not. I know that because I've worked in education for well, 18 years, and the stuff I've seen, it's not meant their education system isn't meant to educate. And if you don't understand that, look up John Taylor Gatto. Go to our website. We have videos on it under our learning annex. Check it out. School.NewHeightsEducation.org Once you start to learn things and see things, you won't be able to unsee them. I warn you on that, though. Got a lot of repeats here today. Philanthropy News Digest reports that 2022 Carnegie Medal of Philanthropy recipients announced. Recipients include philanthropist Manu Shandaria, Lida Hill, Dolly Parton, Lynn Schusterman, Stacy Schusterman, in addition to inaugural. Carnegie Catalyst Award given to World Central Kitchen for its work mobilizing volunteers and feeding people in times of crisis. In Mount Sinai, Kravis Children's Hospital received $3.5 million gift. The gift came from Jack Martin Fund, will establish a child and adolescent imaging center and help transform cancer care for children. The Guardian in London reports that Pearson turning textbooks into NFTs. The students who buy their textbooks from Pearson will be buying their textbooks as non-fungible uh, tokens, commonly referred to as NFTs. Um, the digital tokens will allow the textbook publisher to track ownership and profit from secondhand sales, which was impossible when books changed hands privately. That's interesting. The Journal Inquirer in Manchester, Connecticut reports that Task Force hears expert on video game addiction. The Tolan Mental Health and Substance Use Advisory Task Force in Tolan, Connecticut posted a vid video game addiction ex expert this week who spoke on the potential harm that video games can have on physical and mental health. Johnny Talk, a licensed mental health counselor, said he sees teens high gaming and screen time use leads to such problems as anxiety, depression, and refusal to go to school. Education Week uh, reports that a superintendent used tech from equity perspective. Technology is an, quote, influencer in student learning, says Marlon Stiles, Jr., the first black superintendent of the Middletown City School District in Ohio. In this interview, Stiles says his district views education technology from an equity perspective and believes tech is an, quote, access point for students, not, quote, the center point. The journal in K-12 Dive uh, reports that survey raises concerns over schools monitoring software. Schools monitoring software is more likely to report students for disciplinary action than offer a referral for a counselor and or behavioral-related intervention, according to a survey of students. Parents and teachers by the nonprofit Center for Democracy and Technology Elizabeth Laird, director of the Equity in Civic Technology Project at CDT, says the data should prompt officials to consider ways to protect student civil rights and limit involvement for law enforcement.
let's see, Education Week, K-12 Dive, and District Administration all reported on this story. It says, U.S. Education Department grants aimed at mental health support. The U.S. Department of Education has announced a $300 million in new grants to be used to address students' mental health challenges exacerbated by the pandemic, including funding to recruit and train a diverse corp of mental health professionals to work in schools. A letter from the Biden administration to governors also offered guidance on how states can provide mental health support for students. That's really scary to me. Um, I don't like that idea at all. Um, I think I kind of mentioned why before, so I won't get into that. We're running out of time today for this episode, so just try to get through a few more here. Pick and choose here. So I'm having some issue. Alright, let's see what this is. This is from the Toledo Blade. Um, it says Toledo Public Schools New Medical Academy is ready to launch. The start of the academic year is still roughly three weeks away. But Valeria Belke on Wednesday was already in her school uniform scrubs while getting tour of the new magnet school, Toledo Pre-Medical and Health Science Academy. The 13-year-old spent the past two days at Owens Community College earning her first aid certification and on Wednesday learned about wound packing through Promedica's triage training. Those three days worth of instruction have already earned the incoming freshman industry credits toward graduation before her school even opens. Columbus Dispatch reports that Westerville and Southwestern School Districts opening new buildings to students. Students in a few greater Columbus school districts will start their first day of the new school year in new buildings. Westerville Schools will open Minerva France Elementary School and Southwestern City Schools, replacing four of its five middle schools in addition. Grandview Heights Schools will complete renovations to the district's high school during winter break. And Ashtabula Star Beacon reports that three local school districts to receive state grant for security upgrades. They're reporting that the security upgrades I mentioned earlier that um, Astrobula Area City Schools, Buckeye Local Schools, and Geneva Area Schools are also part of those that are getting that grant. Toledo Blade Salvation Army Backpack Giveaway helps prepare students for school. A Toledo woman faced a choice, pay the bills or send five school-aged children to school. That's until she learned about the Salvation Army of Greater Toledo was distributing free backpacks and school supplies to those in need. Rachel Ernest of East Toledo said that 34-year-old mother of six was standing in line of about 150 people outside the Salvation Army building on North Erie Street in downtown Toledo early Wednesday, a couple of minutes before the day-long annual event started at 9 a.m. Steubenville Fox 9. Steubenville High School Wells Academy partner with local first responders to prioritize. Steubenville High School and Wells Academy are partnering with first responders in order to prioritize safety in schools. The high school held a safety plan review in order to educate authorities on the current lockdown and safety plans, as well as to speak about active shooters and so forth. We're running. Yeah, we're over time. So, um, those are the news stories that I'm going to share with you today. Since we're out of time. 
as usual, I really appreciate you spending time with me. Might as well a whole hour of your time. I know that's precious. So I thank you. I hope that these news stories help to keep you updated of what's happening in the world of education. There's always more stories than I have time to, to share in one setting, obviously. So um, I'll be sharing another episode soon. But want to remind all of you that my show airs on Wednesdays by 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And um, our other host, Barbara Bullen, has a civil rights show that airs by 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Sundays. So if you want to uh, learn more about that, check it out, radio.newheightseducation.org. And, of course, our main website, uh, newheightseducation.org. Until next time.